The story of Stephen is a pivotal moment in the history of the church. Up to that point, the, the focus of the book of Acts has been around one city, the city of Jerusalem, and the immediate areas around that. But all of that is about to change. Up to this point, up to Acts chapter 6 and 7, where we are today, the focus has not only been on one city, but it's really kind of been on one person. Peter has really been sort of the main character. But now, beginning in chapter 6 and 7, all of that is about to change also. And just like everything is about to change in our journey through the book of Acts as we get to chapter 6 and chapter 7 today, I think everybody here today is aware that our journey through this world is changing too. Everything seems to be changing in our lives. Everything seems to be changing in our world in very personal ways. And yet, at the same time, on the global scale, everything seems to be changing. And I think it would be uh, hard to argue today that most of those changes are probably for the good. And so I think we feel all that today. And it's easy to get overwhelmed. And maybe you're there this morning because it's easy to get overwhelmed with all of the bad stuff. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all of the craziness. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all the changes. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all the uncertainties of our life. But today, this is going to sound odd to say, today I want you to get overwhelmed. And I want to be overwhelmed. And I want us all to be overwhelmed by not the things that are going on around us, but I want us to be overwhelmed today with just one truth. One truth that can be summarized in four simple words. I want us to be overwhelmed with this truth. Here it is. God is in control. God is in control. He really is. And, and there's so many different takeaways that we, we have in front of us today with this story of Stephen. But the Lord just this week led me today to just this one takeaway from the story of Stephen, and it's that one truth. It's those four simple words, God is in control. Today, if I was maybe feeling a little more energetic, we would spend more time and we would talk about Stephen's character. After all, he was one of those seven men that we are introduced to in Acts chapter 6 that was elected by the people to serve the widows, to oversee the distribution of the food, to make sure that they were all equally cared for. Therefore, that says a lot about Stephen's character. He had to be then, according to Acts chapter 6, verse 3, a man of good reputation. He had to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. If we could today, we would talk not only a lot about Stephen's character as a person, but we would talk about his content. His content, the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, verse 5, this is what he was full of. He was full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 6, verse 8 says he was full of grace and full of power. If we could today, we would talk a lot about this man's character, and we could talk a lot about his content. We could even talk about his countenance. Look at chapter 6, verse 15. The Bible says at this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Think about that. God's glory was all over this brother. Now, we got fantastic eight men that you just are affirming into the deacon ministry, but I haven't really seen any of their faces look like an angel yet, at least. But Stephen, man, we could talk about his character, we could talk about his content, we could talk about even his countenance, as this man's just dripping with the glory of God. We could also talk today about Stephen's courage. This angry mob is 
growing and their sights are set on him. He's the focus of their hatred and their anger. And yet, we see his courage. He doesn't back down. It's interesting that the book of Acts, there's only 28 chapters in the whole book, but one of those entire chapters is Stephen speaking truth into the teeth of a seething, angry crowd. So if we could today, we could talk a lot about this man's character. We could talk about his content and what he was full of. We could talk today about even his very countenance. We could talk about his courage, but I just want us to focus on this one thing, his comfort. What was this man's comfort in this moment in his life? In chapter 6 and 7, Stephen is feeling the pressure of the whole world coming down on him. Maybe you're there today too. Stephen's in this difficult place and yet he has comfort. He's got comfort in the face of hate. He has comfort in the face of pressure, in the face of evil. And I think his comfort is rooted in this truth, those four words. God is in control. That's where Stephen finds his comfort. See, the sermon that Stephen preaches in Acts chapter 7, I think, is the sermon that Stephen needed to hear. He preaches the message to himself that he needed to hear. I've thought before that Stephen was preaching this message to try to convert unbelievers that were there that day. And he probably was. I've thought that he was probably preaching this sermon to try to encourage the believers that were there with him on the scene that day. And he probably was doing that also. But I think more than anything, Stephen, Stephen was preaching the message that he needed to hear. In this difficult moment in his life. He was preaching the sermon that he needed to hear. And the theme of that message is, say it with me, God is in control. That's what Stephen needed, needed to be reminded of. That's what this preacher needs to be reminded of today too. I got a feeling there's a whole lot of you sitting there today or watching us today on live stream, you need to hear that today too. To be reminded that God is in control. And the fact that God is in control was the comfort that Stephen needed as he was facing a very violent death. I don't know everything you're facing today. I know we've got a church member that was put on a ventilator last night. His family's facing that today. I know you've got doctor's appointments this week. There will probably be some unexpected phone calls this week. I don't know what darkness you're walking through right now in your life. I don't know what came into your world this week that you didn't see coming. What curveball came into your life. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but God does. And I'm telling you, he's in control. Let me just highlight some of Stephen's main points of his sermon, and you can follow along in Acts chapter 7. He begins by talking about Abraham and how God tells Abraham, I want you to leave your entire life behind. 
You talk about change. That's a whole lot of change in one fell swoop, right? Just, just leave and start going, and I'll tell you where it is that you're going once you get there. Everything's changing, and God had promised Abraham three things. He promised to give him land. He promised to give him a lot of descendants, and he promised that through his family, he would bring a blessing that would bless the entire world. And here Abraham is 99 years old, and none of those things have happened. None of those promises have been fulfilled. And then he turns 100 years old, and he finds out his wife is pregnant with their son Isaac. Seemed impossible, but God is in control. And then Stephen starts talking about Joseph. Abraham's great-grandson, you would probably remember the story, Joseph's brothers were jealous of Joseph, and they throw him in a pit, they sell him as a slave, they tell their dad, Jacob, that he was mauled by a wild animal, but God was with Joseph, and Joseph goes from slave to prisoner to vice president over the nation of Egypt. And years later, his brothers come to Egypt because there's a famine all around the region, all throughout the land. They come to Egypt because Egypt's been stockpiling food. And guess who's in charge of the distribution of this food? Jesus is. (laughs) Praise the Lord. If the preacher needed any encouragement after being out of church all these weeks, it's to hear children listening. Amen? Oh, don't take her out. She's the best person in the crowd today. <laughs> yes, Jesus. What? Hey, if there's the sermon. He is in control. He was using Joseph, obviously, as his human instrument to oversee the distribution of that food. His father, Jacob, had believed for decades. Can you imagine? For decades, this dad had believed that his son was dead. But God had spared him and reunites Jacob with his son Joseph in the land of Egypt. Seems impossible. But God is in control. Then Stephen reminds them that because of those events, the descendants of Abraham, they settle down in Egypt. They lived there in Egypt. They began to multiply in the land of Egypt, and subsequently then they are forced into slavery. At one point, things became so bad for the Hebrew people that the Pharaoh was having all of their baby boys killed to try to slow down the population of these people in the land of Egypt. One mom, hoping against all hope, put her little boy in a basket and floated him down the crocodile-infested Nile River just praying, praying for a miracle. Seemed impossible, but, say it with me, God is in control. That baby was rescued by none other than Pharaoh's daughter. He's raised his royalty 
At 40 years of age, he becomes a fugitive, however, because he murders an Egyptian taskmaster in cold blood. For 40 years, he's a nobody on the backside of nowhere, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep until one day he sees a bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. It just keeps burning and burning and burning, but it's never burning out of existence. seems impossible, but God is in control. You guys are going to learn to preach today. And God, in that moment, calls Moses to lead his people out of slavery. And they get as far as the Red Sea. Seems impossible. But God is in control. Forty years in the wilderness with no food, no water. Nothing to cool them in the heat of the day. Nothing to keep them warm throughout those cold desert nights. Seemed impossible. But God is in control. And then Stephen goes on in his sermon in Acts chapter 7 and reminds them of Joshua. Who brought the Hebrews into the land that God had promised Abraham so long ago. And they're marching around this great fortified walled city called Jericho. God had promised to give that city to his people, and he says, y'all just have a parade around that bad boy for seven days, and I'll give it to you. Seems impossible. Say it with me. But God is in control. And then Stephen spoke about David, a shepherd boy with just five stones and a sling. He goes out to face a giant. Seems impossible. But God is in control. And then Stephen speaks of Solomon, the illegitimate child of David and Bathsheba. God calls on that person to build a temple where God himself will dwell and will live in. That person is who he picks. Seems impossible, but God is in control. That was the message that Stephen's preaching in Acts chapter 7. And I hope you understand now why I say I think he was preaching it to himself. This is what he needed to hear. In his darkest, most scary, most lonely moment, when everything seems impossible... He was clinging to that truth. My God is in control. And then the sermon gets interrupted, as sermons sometimes do. Sometimes by beautiful divine interruptions, like I had a moment ago. But Stephen's sermon gets interrupted by the most glorious of all interruptions just like from time to time some of y'all will go amen I think Stephen sort of gets the greatest amen a preacher can ever get he gets it from God himself look at Acts chapter 7 verse 54 the Bible says the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation and they shook their fist at him in rage But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven, and he saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus. 
standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told him, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. The Messiah, the risen Jesus, standing at the right hand of God is the exclamation point to Stephen's sermon. Jesus himself is saying, amen, brother. I am in control. I always have been, and I always will be. Even in your scariest moment, even in your darkest moment, even in your most lonely moment, I am in control. And I'm reminding you today that Jesus is standing in that very same place in this moment. He's standing on behalf of those who have put their faith and trust in him. And he is declaring to you today, yes, I am in control over you too. I am in control over every detail of your life. Even if right now is the most scary, the most lonely, the most dark moment that you have ever walked through, believe this, child of God, I am in control. Verse 57 says, then they put their hands over their ears. And they began shouting, they rushed at him, and they dragged him out of the city. And they began to stone him. And his accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord. Don't charge them with this sin. Who did he learn to die from? And with that, he died. Make no mistake about it. If you were there, I was there that day watching this dear brother of ours that we love so much. That we saw the character of Jesus in so much. We're watching this horrific thing happened before our eyes. This mob violence, this murder of this good man. We would find ourselves in that moment filled with fear, would we not, and doubt and confusion. And we would probably be asking questions like, where, where are you, God? What, what are you doing? Why would you allow this to happen to such an incredible young man? Why, God? It it all felt so terrible and so out of control. I'm sure it made no sense. But one day it would. One day it would. One day they would look back on that day. And they would be reminded that even then, in that most scary and dark and lonely moment, especially then, God was in control. Just like Abraham one day could finally look back and see it. And one day Joseph could finally look back and see it. And Moses one day could look back and he could finally see it. Joshua one day would look back and finally see it. David one day would look back and finally see it. Solomon one day would look back. They all would one day look back and they would know 
in that worst moment, in that scariest moment, in that darkest moment, God was in control. See, Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, he, he had the benefit of not writing Acts chapter 7 in real time. He actually writes this some years later after those events happened. And by the time he writes this, those who might have been there that day, who could not make sense of it in that moment, by the time Dr. Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes it down, by that time they could make some sense of it, at least in part. And Luke drops a little hint here in the second part of verse 58. Look at it. He says, His accusers took off their coats and they laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. This man, Saul, is standing there, complicit in the murder of this phenomenal young man named Stephen. But in a couple of pages, you're going to find that Saul encounters that same Jesus. That Stephen saw standing at the right hand of God. And this same Saul who is complicit in the murder of Stephen on that day. Becomes the same man that God uses to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the entire world. Eventually, yes, reaching even today, you and me. Seems impossible. But God's in control. And God's in control of your life today. I just want you to know that. No matter how scary or uncertain or dark or lonely this day may be for you, rest assured, God has you in the very palm of his hand. He knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. He cares. He knows. He loves. And he is in control. And to prove it, Jesus died for your sin. God raised him from the grave. He ascended to the right hand of his Father where he is today, right now, in this very moment, standing for you, child of God, just as he was standing for Stephen. Reminding you today that no matter what, he's in control. Have you trusted him? Have you come to that place in your life that you've trusted Christ to be your Savior? Most of you would say, absolutely, I have. If you haven't, I'd love to talk to you today. If you have trusted Christ, can I ask you the question this way? Are you trusting him now? In your dark, scary, lonely, uncertain moment, 
Would you trust him now? Would you believe with all your heart that even now, especially now, God is in control? God, you are, and we thank you. And we praise you that you are. Thank you for all the many places in Scripture, God, that we're reminded of that. Or other human beings, weak and frail as we are, we tend to sort of put those people up on a pedestal sometimes like Moses and Abraham, but life was hard for them too. It was dark and scary and lonely for them too. But they learned to trust. And we're learning to trust you too. God, I pray today for my brothers and sisters that are in some hard places that you would refresh, that you would encourage today with this truth that you are in control. You are sovereign. There is not one rebel molecule in this entire universe. It is all under your authority, your control. Every beat of our heart, every breath that we take, it is under your control. Would you speak your peace into our hearts and our minds today? Calm the storms in our hearts and our minds. Jesus, you said, who, who can add any height to your stature by being worried or anxious? You tell us to cast all our cares on you because you care for us. So we want to do that now. We want to celebrate that you are sovereign. We want to demonstrate that we believe that with all of our hearts by casting all of our concerns on you, Jesus. Thank you for standing in victory today. Thank you that through Stephen and through a dark, scary, lonely moment in his life, you give us, us a glimpse of glory. In Jesus' name, I want to invite you to stand. And we get to respond to God now. We get to respond to God's word. Would you trust him today? Would you believe with all your heart that he's in control? Would you be so filled with faith today that you would cast every concern you have on him because he cares about every concern that you have. None is too small. Certainly none is too great for him.